peoples. It is about that time. And the feeling is right. This is the Dark 30 Hour. I'm Joshua P. Warren. Speaking of strange, I am Sam the Animal Steel, uh, joined tonight by co-host, guest host, Shannon Allison. Let me tell you a little bit about the Dark 30 Hour. The Dark 30 Hour, if you, if you happen to have kids that, uh, are for some reason listening to AM radio, uh, at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, uh, you know, you, depending on the household you run, I'm not sure exactly how you guys do stuff out there. Some of these stories might be a little off color. Some of them might be a, a hint risque. I would say PG-13. We're not going hard R, people. It's nothing crazy. But some of these could be dealing with uh, the, the, the seedier side of life, the unseemly, uh, you know, the, the parts of life you, you might not want to interact with. But sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes. The first story I wanted to get to tonight is not necessarily um, like a, a horribly, it's not like a lady chops off man's wanker story. It's, it's, it's actually scarier uh, and more frightening than that type of story. Here we go. The Bolton of Atomic Scientists has moved the doomsday clock ahead by 30 seconds to 11 58 p.m., the symbolic time of civilization's destruction. Now, that is not good. Uh, If you are aware of the doomsday clock, uh, it was first used in 1947. It's a metaphor meant to measure how close we are to destroying the world. (laughs) Now, this is the second time the clock has come this close to midnight. The first, to give you some reference point was in 1953, after both the U.S. and Soviet Union tested their first thermonuclear bombs within six months of one another. So that was the last time that we have been this close to midnight. Gives you something to feel good about. Oh, my goodness. That So uh, the first time the doomsday clock moved was after the Soviet Union successfully tested its first atomic bomb in 1949. It moved from the original seven minutes to midnight to three minutes to midnight so these are not like that was a big jump that was a big jump but in, in the the you know 58 years since you know uh, we've not jumped a whole lot um the danger of some sort of nuclear catastrophe is greater than it was in the cold war is what they are saying now in 1991, at the end of the Cold War, the hands moved the farthest they've ever been away from midnight to 17 minutes to midnight. In an uncharacteristic move, the scientists moved the clock by 30 seconds in 2017 to two and a half minutes to midnight, as typically the clock is moved by the minute. The Bolton said at the time the probability of global catastrophe is very high and the actions needed to reduce the risks of disaster must be taken very Soon Now, a lot of this has to do with the tensions between the U.S. and North Korea over uh, the past few months. They say to call the world's nuclear state dire is to understate the danger and its immediacy. Just two days into the new year, President Donald Trump responded to a remark by North Korean leader Kim Jong-un that he had a nuclear button on his desk by tweeting North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and much more powerful than his and my button works. 
That seems like a great thing for a president to tweet out. I don't know. But, yeah, that's uh, how do you feel about that? We're uh, two minutes to midnight. I, uh, Just, I'm not feeling very confident about this matter. <laughs> it does not make me feel that great. No. How about something a little more upbeat? How about a little something nicer? Uh, you can witness a trifecta of lunar events called a super blue blood moon if you just get up early enough that i might still be up you'll probably still be up yes we are children of the night if you wake up early enough on january the 31st now if your first response is uh say this again that would not be uh, out of a line right there a super blue blood moon what in the h is that well let me tell you it's a spectacular space event and it does sound made up but the event is very real the elements are super blue and blood. Super moon is when the moon is closer to Earth in its orbit, known as the perigee, and about 14% brighter than usual. It will be the third supermoon in a trilogy of supermoons that began on December 3rd, 2017. Blue, the blue part of it, is uh, coinciding with this supermoon is the fact that this is the second full moon in January, which is known as a blue moon. Okay. Blue moon of Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, the blood moon happens during a lunar eclipse when the moon appears rust-colored. So, there you have it. A super blue blood moon. And uh, so it's going to be uh, pretty wild uh, because certain areas of the country are going to be able to see it uh, while uh, the moon will be covered by the Earth's shadow during a lunar eclipse. And the moon will be uh, reflect. this is hard to say, reflecting refracted sunlight that makes the surface appear burnt red in the Earth's sky. Yeah, super blue bub moon. Will you be able to see it? Well, uh, the West Coast, Alaska, and Hawaii are going to have the best views of totality from start to finish without a telescope. But eclipse viewing is going to be more challenging in our neck of the woods. The eclipse will be uh, beginning at 5.51 a.m. Eastern time as the moon is about to set in the western sky and the sky is getting lighter in the east. So in our uh, time zone, they recommend watching from a high place. Oh, I'll be high. <laughs> with a clear view to the west to catch a glimpse of the moon's reddish hue. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Super blue blood moon <laughs> of Kentucky. What you got over there? Got anything? I was uh, kind of, I don't know the word, perturbed perhaps. I, by like, I <laughs> like that word. By this whole uh, Tide Pod Challenge. Yes, I've heard a little bit uh, about the Tide Pod Challenge. It seemed uh, unlike some of those other like ice bucket challenges right, that were for good things. This one's a little dangerous, and it's, this one... It was stupid, is it what it stupid. is. It's absolutely stupid, because... Uh, Explain what the Tide Pod Challenge well, uh, is. Apparently, it started out as some sort of a internet meme, something kind of like a satire-type deal, uh, but... It quickly involved, or evolved into teens uh, deciding to record themselves biting into the laundry packs. I don't know why. I have no idea why they're doing this. But I do know that it's it's not the smartest thing to try. No. Um, and not to mention <laughs> that uh, detergent is not cheap. It's not cheap. And if you ingest it, you could have a seizure, pulmonary edema, respiratory arrest, go into a coma. From and you could even die. But you'll have clean innards. You may. Well, I don't know. You'll poop, you'll poop <laughs> bubbles. But if you if you do so decide to uh, 
tempt fate and you want to know what's going to happen to you and your body if you ingest one, just make sure that you uh, immediately contact the National Poison Health Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or text POISON to 7979. I highly recommend against this. It doesn't seem brilliant. I don't know. Why do people do what they do? Uh, Why would you do that? Yeah, you know, I'm seeing here that uh, last year football star uh, The Gronk, uh, Rob Gronkowski, starred in a Tide commercial. And uh, now he's actually made an ad urging people. This is like the world that we're living in right now, (laughs) where The Gronk is uh, urging people to not eat Tide. Yes, do not do it. (laughs) It's being shown on their uh, Twitter and Facebook pages because, you know, uh, as you said, some teenagers have been making videos showing themselves eating the Tide. Yes. But it actually is, apparently started in 2015, but it's just now becoming popular. Sometimes right. it takes a while. It does for these wonderful ideas. Yeah. <laughs> to um, go viral. <laughs> remember a couple of years ago you had uh, the Jankum? You remember Jankum? <laughs> not, I, Jankum I so. was a uh, a purported way that is like the news media, the fake news. Fake news was a uh, reporting that kids were getting high on this new drug called Jankum, which was uh, you, 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 you took some uh, some doo-doo and some other stuff, you know, like waste, and you, you, you fermented it. This is already bad. You fermented it in, in like a two-liter bottle, oh. and then you would huff the fumes and get <laughs> high. And, you know, so kids were trying this. Oh, my gosh. But as Snopes you know, debunked, it was all just an internet hoax, but it caught the um, several, you know, news reporting agencies, you know, were like running with it. Right. Kids see, they're like, oh, get high. Yeah, yeah. Jank them. <laughs> you got, you got some of that jank them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that, that happened too. <laughs> It's crazy. It, it reminds me of the whole, well, as far as the, the warnings of not to eat the tide, kind of like don't don't dry your hair while you're in the bathtub. Don't eat the yellow snow. Don't eat yellow. Why, would, why do we even have to be told these things? Because, <laughs> Shannon, we, and I say we as the, the, the royal we, the collective <laughs> we, not as the, the we that's in this room right now, but the collective we, uh, we are dumb. Uh, And for the most part, I think that people, myself included, are just looking for any way, shape, or form to take their mind off of um, what's going on in the world around them, to to take themselves out of their heads for a minute. If that involves sniffing poo (laughs) or eating detergent, then damn it, so be it. I don't have to think about life for a few minutes. I think I'd rather think about life than feel my innards ablaze. Have you ever eaten a Tide Pod? It could be delicious. Why, no, I have not. I like to put them in a George Foreman grill, and I make a panini, a Tide panini, a Pod Nani. Anyway, you're listening to the Dark 30 Hour on Speaking of Strange. We can't... uh, we can't say for certain that any of this uh, will be um, wholesome or good for the soul in any way, shape, or form. We're just uh, just trying to make uh, your, your night a little brighter. Absolutely. Maybe make you feel a little better by talking about people who are dumber 
<laughs> and less fortunate. And less fortunate than all of us. <laughs> you think your life sucks? Wait till you hear about what's coming up next. On the Dark 30 Hour, you're listening to Speaking of Strange, brought to you by HauntedAsheville.com on News Radio 570 WWNC. To Joshua P. Warren, speaking of strange, brought to you by hauntedashville.com. Uh, join up, just log on to hauntedashville.com. Check out some of their ghost tours that you can take through our fair city. Learn more about where you live. Stop being so ignorant about <laughs> the paranormal activity in your own backyard. For Pete's sake, I added that part. That's not on the official press release. The that whole last part, uh, but it sounded right. Pete's sake! <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Anyway, the Dark 30 Hour, you might want to, if you have kids, um, kids, if you're listening, thank you for listening to the radio. It's very nice of you to, you know, I like the radio. I like the mm-hmm. format. I think it's very interesting. Um, so this voice just comes out of nowhere, and you can pick <laughs> it up. It's cool. But there might be some stories, some things in here that might not be appropriate for younger ears. So uh, that's not up for me to determine. Kids these days, I don't think that there's anything that's going to be coming up that they can't handle. That being said, here's the uh, headline on this one. Man convicted for renting human heads cut with chainsaw dripping disease. Uh, yeah, let me tell you about this. A jury found body broker Arthur Rathburn guilty this past Monday of illegally renting out diseased human body parts and heads to unwitting doctors. 
He faces up to 20 years in prison for eight crimes, not hate crimes, but eight crimes, including wire fraud and illegally transporting hazardous materials. Now, apparently the cutting off chainsaws, that's that's kosh. That's that's okay. Uh, Federal prosecutors allege that from January 07 to December 13, uh, Rathburn and his wife, Elizabeth, ran a corrupt body brokering company called International Biological Inc., or IBI, if you're on the stock exchange. (laughs) For the grisly scheme, Rathburn dismembered cadavers with a chainsaw, bandsaw, and reciprocating saw, and haphazardly piled parts and heads, flesh on flesh, amid (laughs) pools of blood, and shipped them wrapped in trash bags and camping coolers. Now, you say, what's wrong with that, Sam? Well, Elizabeth, meanwhile, managed rental orders from clients who used the heads and parts for medical and dental training. I didn't know that, like, when you're learning how to, like, I don't know, put in a a bridge or a cap, you're using a chopped-off human head. But maybe that's not everybody. (laughs) But the, 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 the crime here is that they hid the fact that they often bought diseased bodies at bargain rates and made thousands of dollars renting individual parts that they knew to be contaminated with HIV, hepatitis, and other diseases. The alleged conduct risked the health of medical students, dental students, and baggage handlers. Um, yeah, so I, I learned a lot of stuff in here. Um, first of all, I didn't know that body brokering could be a career path that I could have chosen. <laughs> Nobody, like my guidance counselor, never said that that was something that I could do. He never pointed you in that direction? No, I think I would have been good. You you got cheated. I, I feel like I, <laughs> I did something. I also didn't know that, like, you know, if they would have sent them, say, like a, a hack sawed off, like, clean head, that's that's okay. <laughs> but yes, as long as it's not disease-ridden. And, and maybe their packing procedure lacked a little... <laughs> You know, left a little to be desired um, with a trash bag and all. But, uh, yeah, so kids, if you're listening out there tonight, don't be like Uncle Arthur, okay? Do not. (laughs) If you're going to send heads through the mail, make sure they're not (laughs) disease-ridden and that they're properly wrapped. You know, uh, what do they say? No glove, no love. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, so there's that. What she got over there? Well, I mean, we were talking about heads and such. Mm-hmm. I could not help but think of the man, the homeless man, who uh, kept a head in a bucket for six months at his remote desert campsite. Is that like uh, Tom Hanks and Wilson? How did it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like his best friend. It's his friend. His, his head in a bucket. It must be. Uh, but he, he is in custody. Um, more on the story, please. I I am trying to find. I just know all I know about it was that he was camping out in his truck. Um, his whereabouts had been unknown since early 2017. Uh, he wasn't pre- reported missing, perhaps because he was a a homeless person. I'm not sure, but uh, the uh, Apparently someone found someone was looking for him a friend and found the friend's truck and he was nowhere to be seen and um sorry I lost it there what I was going to say Let's see if I can find something on him So there's a guy there's a but homeless There is a man a homeless man this is real I promise you And uh, I've seen it on the internet 
and uh, he's walking around with a head in a bucket. I think he's just. I think he's camping out with it. Did he um, get? Did he get? Uh, what was the charges? Do you have that? I'm gonna find. I need to find this. Okay. Okay. It says that uh, when deputies arrived, they opened the camper's door and discovered an odor associated with decomposition. And that the floor of the vehicle was covered in liquid, which deputies associated with the decomposition of human remains. We uh, call that the love juice. The lo- <laughs> <laughs> yummy. And the man told him, uh, told them that he found the remains in the desert more than six months earlier, um, after there was a knock on his trailer wh- trailer door. Uh, they said that the uh, cause of death was a suicide. And he said that he pried. Um, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're all good. I'm trying to find this. I just. So he. See. So okay, kids. Again, if you're listening, don't what, camp what, with what, heads. Don't camp. <laughs> long story short, don't camp with heads. Keep the heads in a camping cooler, like Uncle Arthur. Check this out. So, um, you ever been to Thailand? I have not. Yeah, I've wanted to go to Thailand. I would love to go there. <laughs> I, maybe for some nefarious reasons. I don't know. There's there's beautiful things in Thailand, and there's also uh, the like what is it in the dark thirty? It's the uh, Josh would always say uh, the 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 highest from the highest points uh, to the peaks to the depths of oh, man's depravity. Yeah, <laughs> to the depths of man's depravity. Uh, that goes on in Thailand. Well, um, you don't really want to get caught with drugs over there. Um, they, they frown upon the drugs, even though, like in the seedier sections, uh, easy to find if you were a foreigner or something, uh, you get like the death penalty for drugs over there. Well, following a tip, police in Northern Payao, that's like <laughs> province, searched a local man and found over 200 methamphetamine tablets, uh, known over there as Yaba, very popular amongst the cab drivers, hidden in his rectum. Wrecked him, darn near killed him. After conducting a standard body search on Patapong Chaimungakol, a 27-year-old, police did not find anything. But after the man continued to act suspicious, they went to their they they went to the trump card. They're like, hmm, acting. Pull down your underpants, young man. <laughs> they found a blue plastic bag stuffed in his rectum. Inside were a total of 203 Yaba tablets. That's What's called suit casing, if you're not familiar. Suit casing. So uh, this is where it gets kind of funny. So now, obviously, one of the cops had to, you know, how they how like they find a bust. You know, they all get around. The, oh, yeah. They got to take that picture, you know, for the press photo. Uh, and here is the press photo. Here's the cop um, posing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the man's underpants pulled down. He's got a hand in the bum. Yes, he does. He's got a smile on his face. <laughs> He's happy to be there. Oh, he is happy. Uh, you don't see the face of the man on the, uh, you know, on the other end. But needless to say, he's probably not as happy. You are listening to the Dark Thirty Hour on Joshua P. Warren's Speaking of Strange. Uh, you know, some random weird stories we got here. Uh, some. Some interesting, some uh, just, as my mom would say, I was like, hey, mom, did you listen to the show last week? She's like, I did. Um, you know, some of it was a little bit risque. I was like, ma. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. They listen to the show, and you can listen 
Also, at joshuapwarren.com, no period after the P. Speaking of strange.com, or on your iHeartRadio application, or right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. We'll be back after the break with more weird news. This is Speaking of Strange. News Radio 570 WWNC, sponsored by HauntedAsheville.com. I highly encourage you to, in your visits throughout the interwebs, log on to HauntedAsheville.com and book yourself and your loved ones a little uh, tour, a haunted tour of Asheville, and request Tad McDivitt, because it's a fun name to say. Is it, it is. Tad McDivitt. Tad McDivitt. Yes, he is uh, one of the tour guides. All of the tour guides, very, very good, and uh, they're very knowledgeable in um, all of this. I, I learned so much stuff. Did you know uh, the Jackson Building downtown, uh, right there next to the fire department? You probably never noticed this. If you're just walking on the sidewalk, it just looks like a, you know, a mosaic piece or something. If you're standing on top of the Jackson Building, it's like a uh, bullseye for people like launching themselves the off. Yeah. Yes. Never knew that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Learned about the um, that uh, like there was a gunfight back in the like old west times, like down uh, uh, where is it? Biltmore Avenue near where Bar was. Oh is. yeah, 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 yeah. Learned all sorts of cool stuff, and you can learn some too just by going to hauntedashville.com. You can uh, check out the supernatural tour. We border Transylvania County people. Why is it called Transylvania? I, d- I don't know the Why answer. Why is it called? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 
All right, so this is the Dark 30 Hour. You might hear some stuff. We'll say that it's like, you know, it could be iffy, PG-13. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Let's get back into the do. Here we go. A Tennessee man flips car five times after letting Jesus take the wheel. Oh, his mugshot. Look at him. He's so, he's crying. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. A Tennessee man told police this week that Jesus personally came to him and told him to let him drive on his, with a capital H, behalf. The result... Reports local news station WVLT, WVLT, is that his car veered off the highway and then flipped over five times. Tennessee Highway Patrol officers say that when they arrived on the scene of the accident, 33-year-old Chad England was speaking gibberish and trying to flee the scene while carrying a jar. Carrying a jar in Tennessee? (laughs) I I don't know. Was it like... Moonshine? I would, I would think it was probably Prego pizza sauce in a jar. I don't know. Pickles. <laughs> like Clausen's pickles. Definitely. Yeah. Police say that England was obviously under the influence of drugs at the time of the crash, although the man apparently refused to take a blood test. A search of his car revealed six grams of marijuana, half a gram of uh, cocaine, a pipe, rolling papers, a uh, three-quarter empty bottle of Crown Royal, a small empty bottle of Crown, and several cans used for huffing. So they arrested him, charged him with, amongst other things, DUI first offense, felony possession of a Schedule 2 for resale, possession of a Schedule 6, possession of paraphernalia, and he also had no driver's license or insurance. No word on uh, how Jesus fared oh, uh, in all this. Um, I don't think Jesus is responsible for this. I think that... Well, we don't know. If <laughs> Jesus true. was, in fact, at the wheel... Then he's not a good driver. Then we've learned that Jesus is a horrible <laughs> driver. Flipping five times, and you know, no word on if the, the the guy was like, "Look, man, look, yeah, it's my blow. Okay, it's my toot." But th- that's all Jesus's huffing materials. Okay, I am not huffing. Oh. <laughs> Jesus was at the wheel. This is his huffing materials. So, no word on that. But in a, in a, another, um, this is another weird driving story. Um, have you uh, had a chance to mess around? You're familiar with the Tesla. Yes. I mean, Elon Musk, a genius. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, these cars now, they, they, they're they not – they're driver – I think people are getting confused between autopilot and, like, um, you know, assisted driving. Yes. <laughs> these cars can do a lot of things, but autopilot should not be conflated to self-driving as one allegedly inebriated Tesla driver – found out after failing to cross the Bay Bridge last Saturday evening. <laughs> this is in San Francisco. I've never been that far west. I've never been all over the world, never been west of Dallas, Texas, for some reason. <laughs> but uh, I have heard that, A, San Francisco, very expensive place to live. B, a lot of traffic, especially on the Bay Bridge. Well, this man had apparently passed out in the stop car while stuck in the flow of bridge traffic at 5.30 in the afternoon, according to the California Highway Patrol. Unfortunately, not according to Poncherello or Baker from the show Chips, who are no longer with the California Highway Patrol. Uh, when he was awoken, he attempted to reassure the CHP officers that the car was on autopilot. <laughs> It's my uh, man. It's okay. It's all right. Don't you worry. Don't worry your sweet little patoot. It's on autopilot. It's all gravy over here. 
So uh, the CHP was on site immediately. They got units all over the bridge. Uh, he had a blood alcohol level of at least twice the legal limit. He was arrested and charged with a suspicion of a DUI. Um, and uh, so, you know, he told the guy that was set on autopilot, um, no word on if the car drove itself to the tow yard. I, I wonder <laughs> if it I drove this, itself. <laughs> this, could, this could be a big problem, though, in the in the upcoming future uh, with the ride. I mean, think about how poorly people drive in the Asheville area. Oh, it's terrifying. I mean, part of me wants to think that if we had cars that could, uh, you know, drive theoretically themselves and monitor things, that it would have to be better than it is now. And I, I, I don't know who you all are, but I think you guys do know who you all are, who are screwing up the traffic for all <laughs> of the rest of us. Like, not just screwing up the traffic, screwing up my life expectancy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not because I'm worried about, like, getting hit. I'm, you're raising my blood pressure. Um, I never get more angry than I do when I'm behind some idiot who <laughs> is slamming on the brakes, brake checking me. On a motorcycle sometimes, uh, because they're going 42 in a 60 or something, and like I, I will just push you out of the way, <laughs> just just get out of the way. And no, these people got to like make some moral crusade out of it and brake check, and then ruin traffic for 18 miles. <laughs> Sorry, I just I, I I get on a tangent. What you got over there? What have I got? Yeah, what you got? Wouldn't you like to know? Ha! Huh. I was hoping that you had something lined up. <laughs> I was uh, just reading about how, in um, well, apparently, if you are a woman and you have harem sex, essentially, if you just have sex with somebody other than your husband, um, you are doing an injustice to your vagina because allegedly your vagina is coated with the sperm of your husband and therefore if you have extramarital sex um your vagina is confused because because it's some other man's sperm it's like what's going on and it can cause cancer i'm confused because you're not uh putting into perspective uh where this is at you have to say where it's at oh yes this is definitely not (laughs) anywhere in america or on this side of the world this that plays big time into the uh, context of the story this this is an arabic thing yes it's in the middle east (laughs) um i'm trying to find this let's see morocco i believe that would be in the middle east um, continue. Uh, but yes, allegedly, the extramarital sex causes a woman's vagina to uh, decode uh, her husband's sperm and that of another man. And the result is allegedly that you have an increased risk of cancer. But couldn't it be, you know, like the HPV or something going on? I don't know exactly. Like, is it really that a vagina is decoding the husband's sperm? I don't know. He's claiming that this is proof beyond God's wisdom behind the prescribed uh, ITA period, which outlaws women from remarrying for 40 days after they have been widowed or divorced. I think that basically um, there's a lot of differences between um, what flies in the Western world and what flies in the Middle Eastern world. Oh, yes. And that is (laughs) a lot of... uh, 
you know, some would argue. I don't. We should probably not even get into <laughs> some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. We'll just leave well enough alone. This is the dark thirty hour. You are listening to Speaking of Strange, where the unusual becomes usual. Here on News Radio 570 WWNC, we've only got a few stories left, so stick around as we wrap things up. to the final remaining dredges of the Dark 30 Hour on Speaking of Strange. Joshua B. Warren, Speaking of Strange, on News Radio 570, WWNC, Sam, the Animal Steel, Shannon Ollis, the uh, guest host this evening. Wrapping things up, got a couple more stories for you. A three-panel judge of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco has rejected a sex worker group's bid to legalize prostitution in California. The group Erotic Service Providers Legal Education Research Project, whew, that's a long one, it says it's considering requesting a hearing by the full court. In a ruling issued Wednesday, the judges affirmed that the district court's dismissal of a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of California's anti-prostitution law, Penal Code 647. (laughs) It's kind of, it's just, that's childish of me to chuckle at Penal Code. But uh, what do you think about that? I mean, California's already got uh, legalized recreational marijuana. Right. Seems to be working well for pretty much everybody. People making billions of dollars. State making mad 
you know, uh, money. People are high and happy. Yeah. Why can't uh, prostitution be legal, too? Yeah, I mean, if they're being safe. Their bodies and... Safe is the is the is the name of the game here. Exactly. Because like if <laughs> it's like drugs or whatever, people right. are going to do what they're going to do. Yes. Uh, when does all this crime and whatnot come in? Is usually when they're trying to do stuff, you know, illegally. It's illegal, yeah. Yeah. And so you run into when you're dealing with illegal things, you deal with shady people. But uh, as the dispensaries have shown. You don't have to deal with shady people to get your uh, weed uh, and anything. Speaking of, don't you have a story over there about uh, gummies? Well, I, I do. I have a, ra- a rather funny little story uh, involving an innocent little nine-year-old kid. Well, a, an innocent little nine-year-old girl who decided to be a sweetheart and share some little gummy candies with some of her classmates well, however very nice that's very nice it, it was very it was super extra specially nice because they actually had belonged to her grandpa and they were laced with thc now i don't know if you're familiar or not with, <laughs> with edibles uh for those of you who are not familiar with especially like a dispensary grade edibles um they they take a little longer to kick in they are very strong they are like a gummy bear. Picture your normal gummy bear. That could be like they might tell you to eat that in like quarters. You know, like just eat the tiny bit of the feet, eat the, the head. Like it could be enough milligramage in there to really knock out a human, like a, a human, a grown, somebody, <laughs> right. you know, a big boy, you know, so a nine-year-old. Nine-year-old, yeah. And she shared them with uh, three of her classmates. And how'd that go? And it went over rather... Uh, Probably well for them. They got more than just a sugar high. A few of them, I mean, they were not injured. They were all right, and they just got a little bit giggly and such. And Well, except they, for the nine-year-old they, who brought it, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't get, it, it didn't cause them harm or anything, and they didn't have any lasting symptoms. And basically, the school representatives posted a reminder for the students and the parents on Facebook, uh, just urging people in the community to be more aware and cautious with their drugs and any edibles that may or may not be in different formats uh, and that the parents and community uh, not talk explicitly explicitly about these things in front of the students uh, well, she, so as not to tempt them. But she ganked them like from her grandpa, just, yeah, right? In her case, it, it seems like she just, hey, these are gummies, yay. I think the important thing here is that grandpa was probably pissed. Grandpa was probably a little bit final, in distress. <laughs> final story of the evening. Hours of tension over a suspicious package at the Slidell, Louisiana. That's that's south right there. Post office came to a surprising and nasty end last Friday when authorities found about 70 pounds of human waste inside a package. A man who left the box behind and ran away. Intended to mail the package to a federal agency out of state. He would not identify the federal agency. The man, a Slidell area resident who was not named by police, was found by investigators taken to a hospital for mental evaluation. Uh, apparently, the incident began to unfold at around 4 p.m. when the man, carrying a large box, 70 pounds, walked into the post office. And uh, workers questioned him about the package, like, uh, sir, do you have any uh, batteries in there? Uh, do you have any, uh, you know, hairspray or, <laughs> you're, you know, they're not asking about doo-doo right. or whatever. Uh, they, they questioned him about it and he just dropped it and ran. 
And about seven, the package apparently was not. They found out they were like, it's not explosive, but it is explosively stinky. Ugh. A bomb squad <laughs> robot. They had to bring in the whole the whole thing, and ultimately it was seventy pounds of poop. That's, Long story that's short, crazy. We got to wrap <laughs> things up. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you to Shannon Alice for Thank being you. my good good job first time on the radio. Thank you to Joshua P. Warren. Thank you to Vance Pollock, Shelley Wright. Thank you to all y'all who tune in. Hopefully, I'll catch you next week on these same airwaves. Don't forget, you can tune in. Get the podcast at joshuapwarren.com and speakingofstrange.com. Y'all have a good one and be cool to each other. You're commanded.